0: You're listening to the Self-Worth
1: Circle hosted by Julia Haxel and Eva Estlander. We are here to remind you to raise your self-worth and wear your invisible crown. It's time. All right. Hi, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Self-Worth Circle. It's Eva and Julia here, and we're happy it's Friday again. Today, we're super excited because we have a guest all the way. From or in Canada, she's not here with us physically, but she's here with us virtually. Bria, please welcome um, on our show. Yeah, Bria is a human design
0: guide and a mindset coach. So this this episode will for sure be very special. I'm personally super. I'm I'm getting into human design myself, so I could not be more excited. Um, welcome, Bria. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm really
2: excited to be here.
1: How are you feeling today? How are you doing?
2: I'm good. Today is actually a really good day. When I wake up and I don't have brain fog or any other kind of weird reaction to food or something, I'm good.
1: <laughs> what, is, uh, what is life there like right now? like with COVID, what are there? Do you have like, is it lockdown mode or are things open or is it pretty much normal life? What's, what is it like there right now? Yeah,
2: I would say it's pretty kind of open, like, you know, as normal as possible while being still safe. Like there's a lot of kind of mandatory mask wearing, which is great. Um, and you know, limited amount of people together in certain spaces, Um, But I would say we're definitely lucky in Vancouver and in Canada in general, just that we've had really good sort of like government response to COVID. And so we're, we're much better off maybe than our friends down South.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you could say so. Well, it's the same here. We're pretty, yeah. You know, the situation is pretty much, I, you know, I can't say really under control, but it's, we you know, restaurants are open, gyms and yoga studios are open, and you can go to the hair saloon, and and things are s- slowly normalizing. We're just, well, uh, let's, let's see. yeah, let's October, brace ourselves, you know, October just, is coming, so let's hope there's no big second wave, that, you know, we'll, we'll see. see.
2: Yeah, fingers crossed. I think that we're probably in a very similar position to you guys right now.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um to start with, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your background? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
2: um this is actually probably my third business and my other um I guess like, my background has been so different from human design, like complete 180. Um, so I would say my background is in more, um, like graphic design brand strategy. I used to teach Photoshop for like non-designers. Um, however, I found that, I don't know, kind of going through like entrepreneurship and especially in the online world, um, business really brought up so many like underlying beliefs and identities and like self-worth issues um, for me, which I think is like pretty common for a lot of new business owners as well. And that really led me to a lot of like overworking, um, you know, hustling to like prove myself, all of that. And that kind of ended up leading me into a major burnout and then a very long period of depression Um, I used to get like anxiety attacks and then my physical health had kind of started to go downhill. So I, um, kind of through business and this burnout really had to learn like how to heal myself and how to overcome like my own mind games. And that really led me to like that mindset work, um, like the psychology side of things like CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, doing like hypnosis and, and also to a more spiritual path. And I guess like I've always been pretty spiritual. Um, but that part was so kind of pushed down and like separate, um, from who I thought I was and like who I sort of grew up to be or believed was like right or acceptable that I really had a hard time kind of like coming to that place and I judged myself a lot about it and like really pushed it away. Um, so for me, like the first time I actually heard about human design, it was kind of like, no, like, what is this woo woo crap? Like this isn't going to work for me. I just want more strategy. And I totally ignored it for like two or three years. Um, but now I guess I would say like, I'm completely on the opposite end of things (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, bring on the, bring on the spirituality, bring on the woo. And like just more kind of come home to who I really am. And through human design, I've been able to see just how off track I was and how so many of my like physical and mental health issues were actually related to me being completely out of alignment with my, with my energy, my human design, and just like myself at like a soul level.
1: Okay. So I think a lot of our, you know, listeners, they don't really know, maybe they've never even heard of human design. Can you just like tell us like, what is human design? What is it? Yeah. What so do you do with it? And how do you human do it? Design like, yeah, the very
2: kind of base level is essentially the science of the aura. So the aura being like your energy body or your personal energy field. So if anyone's familiar with yoga, you've probably heard about the aura. Um, However, human design brings in several different um, systems. So like the chakra system, astrology, um, the Chinese I Ching, uh, the Kabbalah tree of life and quantum physics. So there's all these different sort of like modalities or systems that kind of yeah, blend together and essentially give us this blueprint of how your energy thrives and interacts in the world. And so, through human design, we can really find out, like, you know, what are your natural gifts and who is your truest self, like at the very core essence. Um, your we can look at your inner guidance system. Everyone has kind of their own unique way of making decisions and moving through the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see the lessons that you're here to learn or like the karma that you're here to correct um, where you might be more susceptible to like conditioning or programming, like whether that's from childhood or just like, you know, even current experiences, um, how you're empathic. So like, you know, some people are legitimately emotional empaths, whereas other people might be more empathic to like physical health, that kind of thing, or like fears. Um, it will also show us like, you know, how to avoid burnout and illness, how to like manage our energy in a way that's sustainable, um, and really how to know like when you're on the right or wrong path and how to course correct if you get off track.
1: Hmm. Well, like what's the history behind it? Like who created it or where is it? Where is this kind of, you said that it's a mixture of many different kind of like modalities and it's, it's. Yeah, different lineages. So, yeah, where is it? So here's the origin of it.
2: Yeah, the origin. So here's where we get really like kind of woo with it. Yeah. So there was a guy um, who I can't remember his like real name, but he Wait, changed his think, name.
0: Is it? Was it like? No, I can't remember his. But it's 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 the, is it the Ra Uru or something? Yeah. So it's the the name like, that he goes by or did go by after he kind
2: of channeled this was right. Ra Uruhu. Um, I got <laughs> like I just like to call him Ra Ra.
0: <laughs> and I, I I've heard that it all came to him while he was like in the Ibiza or something. Yeah, yeah, like he was in. Kind of Ibiza.
2: And he was doing some sort of like, I don't know, he was in some sort of like meditations kind of state for like seven days where he channeled this entire system. And it's like, you know, a textbook, like 500 pages long amount of stuff, which is kind of crazy that he just like, downloaded all of this information. And because like, none of these systems are new. It's just he kind of channeled how they all go together and how to kind of articulate it in a new way, I guess. Um, and that was in, I think, I want to say 87. So like mid eighties. So it's pretty recent. Like it's a new thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, it's been around for a while, like for us, I guess, like my entire life really. Um, but it's not yeah, it hasn't been around so long as like the actual systems it's made of.
0: Yeah. I think the first time I've heard of it was probably like maybe four years ago Mm -hmm. through a podcast or something. I can't really pinpoint the moment. but And how did you get introduced to
1: it?
2: Yeah. So I was in a mastermind, um, with like a lot of people who are kind of more on the spiritual side, maybe than I was at the time. And just someone in there had mentioned human design and we're like, Oh, like what's this? And, you know, put in our birth details and get our chart. And I would look at it and I was like, I don't get it. And, you know, just kind of ignored it for a while. And then, um, I want to say like the beginning of last year, maybe, maybe it was like a year and a half or two years ago um, I kind of reconnected with one of the girls from that mastermind and she was using it with her clients in her business for like marketing and business purposes, I guess. And I started kind of learning more through her because she was able to maybe communicate it in a more down to earth kind of way. So from there, I just started like geeking out about it and like being really excited and going down the rabbit hole and just I think I was in a different place where I was, I was really able to like absorb it and understand it better and like you know really connects to the more spiritual aspect of it and the energy or the energetics aspect of it whereas like a few years ago or like three or four years ago that just wasn't where I was at
1: okay hmm. <laughs> So how does it like, so you, you basically anyone could get their chart read. All they have to know is kind of like with an astro read, they just need to know like the, the place or the the city, um, the exact time and the date. Right. But then with yeah. that information, you can already kind of you yeah. can get your
0: life. What's a good yeah, source to go
1: to? So
2: I usually send people to mybodygraph.com. Mainly because it's one of the like nicer ones to look at. Like some of them, the charts are really ugly <laughs> and hard <laughs> to like, they, they're just not visually pleasing. So as someone with a design background, I appreciate when it looks better. But even, even my body graph is not that pretty. But they have a few like little audio clips you can listen to when you get your chart. And I would say it is really important to have an accurate birth time um, you know, maybe when you're first looking into it, it, nothing will really change a ton, but some things can change like minute by minute. Okay. So, I mean, if you don't know, it can be good to just like, you know, put in what you think it is and check a time either like, you know, 10 minutes after 10 minutes before, or even an hour after and before to just see if anything shifts. But you can always ask, like, I mean, if people are, kind of stuck with that they can dm me and i can help them out um or i know some countries you can um apply for a more accurate um, birth chart or sorry not birth chart but um like birth records yeah. and birth time if you don't have access to that currently
0: so i would recommend all of your listeners to pause this episode right now and go to mybodygraph.com and I mean, if you know your birth time, uh, just to get to know your type, because we're going to jump into an introduction to all of the, is it five different energy, is it energy types or energy types? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. We just did ours too. Yeah. Ooh, what, what did you get? So we're different. I mean, I'm a, I'm a generator. And I'm a manifesting generator. Oh, cool. Okay. I'm a
2: generator also.
1: So <laughs> I definitely get what that's like. Um, and then we got the little, like the weird, well, I you know, more than I do, but the, I'm like the, the profile. I'm, the, I'm a role model slash hermit. Oh,
0: and then, okay. And I'm a hermit. A pure, no, opportunist hermit or something like Opportunities that. Opportunist
1: yeah. slash hermit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And okay. Some sort of numbers there also. A but. two, I would think, Julia, you'd be a two, four. Yeah, and I was a six, two. And you were a six, two.
2: Okay, cool. I have no so idea what two. this means, <laughs> but I'm just letting you know.
1: I'm a six, two role model hermit, whatever that means. <laughs> we can totally <laughs> I'm talk sure about you that. Know. I, you probably know now a bunch of things about me, but... <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean, it's cool. It's cool. I, uh, yeah, I think... Um, Profile is really so that's when you see like a number, it's like number slash number that's what's called yeah. profile in human design, and essentially that represents sort of the character or like the personality that you bring to the world and like how you move through the world and interact with people from you know more of like how you see yourself as well as how other people see you, so we can definitely chat about that I mean I'm a two four so I can speak to that and I have a really close friend who's a six two as well. So you can really see, um, you know, how those will play out for you. Um, so yeah, we can always chat about that.
1: Yeah. But should we jump into the different types? Yeah. The types just kind of like an intro. What? they Yeah. Are. Gener- you're, you're a generator as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a generator. Yeah. So
0: there are, what is there? Generator, manifesting generator, project, pro- pro- projector. Projector. Yeah and then manifester and reflector yes. manifester refle- but let's give yeah spotlight on you <laughs> You can <start laughs> wherever you want to
2: well first I would say even before going into the types it's kind of nice to know like what you're looking at when you look at the at the chart which um in human design is called a body graph but I just say charts like Same, same thing. You kind of see this like shape of a human with all of these different, um, like larger shapes throughout. And if you're familiar with the chakra system, you'll kind of recognize some of those, um, but there's also like lines everywhere and some things are colored and some things are white. And it's like, what the heck is this? Yeah. I was worried. So, I had some black lines. <laughs> I was just,
1: like, just, like, What are these black lines? My clog. <laughs> yeah.
2: No. So everyone's chart is going to look different. And what we're really looking at when we, when you see the chart is where you have color. So whether that's black, red, yellow, whatever, anything that's colored in is considered, um, I guess I would say like an energy transmitter. So it's like your innate energy of your aura and what you sort of emit out into the world, the energy that you're giving off that maybe other people can pick up on. Um, And it also sort of gives you this buffer to other people's energy. Um, And these areas, the colored areas, tend to be things that you are inherently good at. So this is where we would find like your innate gifts. Um, And the things that we really want to help you lean into and recognize more, but also those may be areas where you have challenges because you're meant to, um, you know, explore that challenge and overcome that challenge in order to move to the gift side of it. Because all the energy in human design is like nothing is either good or bad, but there's a spectrum of like how you can experience it. So if you come you know come to something with um a vibe of like fear and lack you're probably going to feel that that um particular energy in a more kind of challenging way whereas when you're coming at something with like abundance and love and light and whatever you're going to feel that at the more like gift frequency of that energy so there's always like two sides to the coin and it's it's never like this is how it is. And that's it for your entire life. You'll, you'll experience things in different ways. Um, now the areas that are white in your chart are like considered your energy receptors. So that's where you take in energy from the outside world. And I almost think of like, if my aura is like this bubble around me, it's like little, um, holes or pockets in my aura where other people's energy can like kind of get in and I can feel it. Um, Now these white areas, yeah, the white areas are like where you are more likely to be conditioned or programmed um, because you're able to feel other people's energy. And so these tend to be areas where you've maybe been told to be a certain way, but it's not who you really are. And through human design, we really want to gather like the awareness of that so that you can move away from all the shoulds and who you've been told to be and what you've been told was valuable or um, how to be successful. And human design calls that deconditioning, which is essentially unbecoming who you've been told to be and how you've been programmed to be in the world so that you can use your energy in it's most efficient, natural state. And that's when you get more like ease and flow and um, like, amazing things sort of just like coming into your life. Um, so I l- always like to kind of point that out before going into the types, because really what you have colored in your human design chart will always stay the same through your entire life. And it will also determine what type you are. Okay. Um, so the five energy types we have manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. And each type essentially has like their own unique role to play in contributing to the greater collective or community. Um, They also have a unique strategy or way of moving through the world that leads to alignment. So manifestors, um, manifestors are about, I'm going to say like 7% of the population and when they're out of alignment, they tend to feel anger. Um, And that's not necessarily like raging all the time, but it might be like irritation or annoyance or that kind of thing. Um, Manifestors will feel peaceful when they're in alignment, when they're, you know, um, in line with their natural energy Because they're able to kind of like do what they want when they want to do it without interruption. And that's what brings them a sense of peace. Now, manifestors are our natural leaders. They're like the trailblazers that are here to start new things and to spark action in other people. And they have a really um, powerful aura. It um, pushes energy outward And this is what creates momentum in the world. And it also acts as this sort of like natural filtering system of what is or isn't aligned for them. Um, So they are not going to be for everyone and everyone's not going to be for them, Um, which as children can be really challenging because it's almost like they, like other, other people sort of like, are a little on edge around them because of their aura is constantly pushing energy outwards, but they can always trust that like the people who are meant for them, like their right, like soul family type people, will always find them, and those people will always kind of get through the barrier of their aura. Um, they're also the only type that's designed to initiate, which is really interesting. <laughs> because most most of us are taught like
0: actually yeah
2: yeah most of us are taught that we need to initiate and go out and like make things happen and that's actually not correct for anyone but a (laughs) manifestor
0: it's actually my my boyfriend is a manifestor and he he has a tendency to kind of push me to push out things and when I listen when I've when I've done that it doesn't end up, I mean, there's been blessings in it for sure, but sometimes it's been out of his kind of, because he's so used to doing it his way. He's always like pushing me to just execute things like that. Mm. And, um, but it was funny how you were talking about um, manifestors that they're not for everyone because I can see it in his energy a lot. And he's kind of covering it with, I really hope he's not listening <laughs> to this, but I can see that he's uh, covering it with people pleasing. Uh-huh. Trying yeah. to nurture everyone around him all the time so that people will like him. Yeah, that's
2: yeah. the biggest. So each type has sort of like a karma that they're here to correct, like a bigger sort of lesson that they need to learn. And the manifestors is all about people pleasing and kind of making themselves smaller or like squashing themselves to fit into a box to be liked. Cause they, you know, they felt their entire life like almost like they're separate from people. And I think manifestor children can feel really, really lonely because they don't understand, oh well, all the kids are over here playing and like no one's inviting me into play, but like they're the ones who are kind of meant to. Um, initiate and take that step and it's not going to be everyone that will connect with them, but obviously that's hard for a child when you have no idea you know what your energy is about but it ends up being them like people pleasing and trying to be liked by everyone and this actually um, can be detrimental to them acting in alignment and really initiating because their their strategy is to in, inform other people and then initiate. And what this what manifestors tend to do before they understand their strategy is to ask for permission or to, um, I guess, like you know, get validation for their ideas or for what they want to do. And this tends to lead them to feel like angry and being controlled and you know, like people aren't letting me do what I want to do, but they're not here to ask for that permission. They're just here to be like, Hey, like heads up, this is what I'm doing and then go do it. Interesting. And you'll see when I get to the rest of the types, how this is actually really needed for the rest of us. Cause it gives like the rest of us aren't supposed to be initiating. We're supposed to be like for generators and manifesting generators responding and for um, projectors being invited. So it's all about kind of waiting for something in our external environment to like spark something in us that we then move forward with, which is why, you know, maybe oh, your um, no partner... Oh, I think i can Hold on, Brie, it's it's cutting off. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you now. Hello. I wonder if I, I mean, I could turn off my video.
1: Maybe that would help. Oh, you're frozen again. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Yeah, you're back. I think um, the internet connection is really unstable. Should we um, put the turn the video off so it'll be better? If we both turn the the video off and we'll just yeah, do audio. Let's try that. I, yeah, let's try that. And we probably we have to take. Um, I think so. When you started talking about generators, we're going to have to redo that part because it was really uh, cutting off a lot. Okay, yeah. sure.
2: We can just come. We'll come back to that anyways because yeah. generators will be the next type. So yeah, I can finish with manifestors and then yeah. go back into generators.
0: So it was like where you were saying that manifestors are the only ones that can initiate. Initiate. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Blah 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 blah. blah, blah yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> robot. Robot <laughs> <laughs> bubbles. <to like>
2: cool. <laughs>
0: I'll
1: start. I'll start that spot and... again. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We'll stop the video right now so you won't be able to see us and yeah. and hopefully okay. it'll be better. We'll adjust this.
0: We have a good audio man who will help us awesome. to fix this. Yeah. Stop the video. Okay, cool.
1: Can you hear me? Yes. All right. So okay, awesome. a little bit of a hiccup there everyone. Yeah. all right back.
2: Um, okay. So I think I was saying about manifestors being the only ones designed to initiate. And, you know, this is really important because it gives the other types who are not meant to initiate, uh, something to some energy to play with, I guess to like propel them forward. So when I said like manifestors have an aura that pushes energy outward and creates momentum in the world, and they're kind of here to like spark action in other people. That's why they're so needed is because, you know, the rest of us need that energy to push us into action or to invite us into action. If that makes sense. Yes. Cool. Cool. Um, so, yeah, as I, I think I mentioned this already, is that, you know, one of the biggest blocks for manifestors, or I like to call it like a block t- towards alignment, is people pleasing and making yourself small to fit in or be liked. Um, but another one is being secretive and not communicating what you're up to because that manifester strategy is to inform and then take action. And that's just really like giving people a heads up of what you, um, giving the people who may be impacted by whatever it is that you're about to do, this heads up that like, hey, this is what I'm doing. And that actually eliminates some of the resistance that otherwise might be there if they just kind of like, you know, bulldoze along and don't tell anyone what they're doing because their energy moves really, really fast.
0: All right. Interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the next type um, I like to talk about is generators. So yeah. generators, when they're not aligned, they're going to feel really frustrated. And this is often sort of a like stuckness, um, feeling like, you know, you're just not excited, not lit up. Um, nothing's really like happening for you. And I mean, I've experienced this so much previously in my Me life. too! Just, right? Constant <laughs> <Yeah>. frustration. <laughs> this is actually, frustration is um, the same sort of cue uh, for a manifesting generator as well. Um, so I'll get to that, but yeah, they sort of share that frustration when they're not aligned. And then when a generator is aligned, they feel more, they feel satisfaction. So it's like a deep satisfaction by the way that you're using your energy and kind of this like high on life or high on like all that life is bringing to you. Now generators I like to explain them as our natural motivators. They're like these sparkly uplifters that are here to kind of fuel and inspire others by doing only what lights them up. And it's really important for generators to learn and also exemplify that we live in a win-win universe so when a generator does what he or she loves, that's when they contribute to the universe. It's not when they, you know, sacrifice their needs and desires to help other people or to make other people happy. And that's really a big sort of like karma that they're here to overcome. Um, is all about like that sacrifice and like you know really not doing what they want because they feel they need to make someone else happy or put someone else's needs first. And generators have this really magnetic aura. And so their aura attracts life and opportunity and people towards it. And that makes them really like naturally warm and enveloping just as a type. Um, And again, like that block to alignment, like sacrificing your own needs and desires Um, another block towards alignment for a generator is trying to make things happen. Because a generator strategy is, is traditionally called waiting to respond. And what this really means is that you need to ensure your sacral energy. So your gut or sacral center has been turned on or like revved up by something in your external world before you take action towards it. And this is kind of like responding to life. It's this involuntary visceral excitement or like a full body yes or no to whatever crosses your path. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Wow. Yes. Everything you just said is like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so It's a lot about like really
0: listening to that intuition, I guess, and got a feeling. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it's and- interesting because like, people tend to confuse the gut feeling and the intuition because there's a lot of like, Oh, like follow your gut or like listen to your gut. And we kind of think that's our intuition as well. But in human design, they show up a little bit differently. Whereas like intuition might speak to you in a variety of ways, whether that's like claircognizance, cognizance, like just like knowing or, you know, even like a okay. voice or seeing things, but the generator gut response is really like an in the body kind of feeling it's like you have to be very present in your body to feel that and so like an example of this um type of response like a positive response would be you know if you feel like you're getting really excited from like you know in your body like you can't even control it almost like your energy starts buzzing so like i know when I talk about human design or when I do a human design reading or just get to like, you know, chat about it with friends, I get super excited and I create energy in my body. And like, this is why I can't do like a podcast interview like this late at night or I won't go to sleep because I've created so much energy <laughs> in my body.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. And the percentage of the population is it, it's quite Big, right? Generators. Yeah,
2: so generators and manifesting generators together make up about 70%. And it, oh, I wow. would say it's kind of like 50% for, or like, uh, I guess, was it 35% each for the, those okay. two types. Um, but those are types that I would consider like, they're called energy types yeah. because they create their like energy in their body in a very sustainable kind of way. Um, this is so met, interesting, right? It's, well, and yeah. when you hear your own type, you're like, "Oh my gosh, that's my life!" Yeah, yeah
1: for sure. <laughs> it all makes yeah. sense. It all makes sense now.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. So the next one um, is manifesting generators and kind of like the name suggests manifesting generators are a hybrid between manifestors and generators. So they kind of share qualities of both of those types, but they still um, are kind of have that base energy mechanics of the generator. So that's why they share like that strategy of responding to life. Um, manifesting generators will feel frustration when they're out of alignment, but they may also feel that anger, like that irritation and annoyance of a manifester. And then when they're in alignment, they'll feel again that like satisfaction and kind of being lit up by life of the generator. And also even that peacefulness of the manifester that comes from you know, being able to do what you want when you want in your own way. Um, Manifesting generators are kind of our like natural creative visionaries. They're like the expansive thinkers and doers that are really here to challenge kind of the status quo and like break the rules of life and have a lot of fun while doing it. So like I said, like (laughs) a hybrid of, (laughs) manifesters no <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh you always want to have fun like that's what manifesting generators are here to do they're here to like experience everything that life has to offer in a very playful kind of way and so like they have a very powerful and magnetic aura that like their generator sisters attracts life towards it um but they can also move super super quickly like the um, manifestors. and. um Some people will have more manifestor in their chart and some will be more generator, which can kind of affect how they move through life and what they need in order to thrive. So that's something, um, you know, that if you get a reading or someone in the audience gets a reading is good to ask if you're a manifesting generator. Um, they tend to be very capable. So like manifesting generators, because they have such a powerful aura, they can do a lot like they're like, do, 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 like go, go, go all the time. But they really need to be careful not to be capable just for capable's sake, like taking on all of these things for other people um, just because they can, not because they really like want to or desire to. So it again comes back to that, like sacrificing your needs or desires to help other people and like being capable for the sake of it is not aligned for a manifesting generator. And there's also that side of the manifestor coming in with like people pleasing. Um, So I find this with like a lot of manifesting generator friends is they do have a tendency towards people pleasing and that leads them to taking on too much and, you know, not leaving enough white space for their own creative time and their own um, interests and like what they really want to do because manifesting generators do have generally a lot of interests. They're very like multi-passionate and that's actually really correct for them, which I think is super important for any manifesting generator to know is like you're not here to be linear in your process and you're not here to be like put into a box and having to pick one thing because that's what society tells you will make you successful.
0: That's like 100% me. And it was like the first time I heard this, um, it was such a relief to me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm actually not supposed to pick just one thing uh, because society really tells us to kind of, you know, go for one thing in your career and then stick to it. Yeah, um, but I've There's always so much I've, like all
2: over the place. Yeah. Well, and that's the a really key thing. I think for a manifesting generator is to know that everything you're interested in. And I mean, really, this is, this applies to everyone, but specifically a manifesting generator, everything you're interested in has a lesson or a skill or something you're meant to take away from that regardless of how long you spend on it, like whether you know you are interested in something for a week or you're interested in something for 3 months, you don't need to finish what you start. You get out of things um, what you need to learn very, very quickly. So you don't need to master everything that you're interested in as long as you, know, you are still being lit up by it. You're still, it's still creating energy in your body then you're good to go. But if you find like, okay, I'm just not into that thing anymore. Or, like it's not exciting me like it used to, it's okay to let it go. And that's actually like correct for you is to move on when things aren't um, lighting you up anymore.
1: Wow. Amen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Permission slip granted. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. No, actually like my... My mom has always told me that because when I was younger, I was always trying to kind of like find my way and choose something to study. And it would be like one week I would be super into, I don't know, psychology. And the next week I wanted to be a physiotherapist. And the next week I wanted to be, I don't know, moving to Australia. And it was like this very kind of scattered, Um, feeling and uh, I've always been told to just like stick to one thing and you'll succeed and blah blah blah. so this is like really interesting because I've always been when I even travel I always go to like tons of workshops I never just like pick one thing I'm like in it for the whole cake by all the different cakes and it's um it was just like very interesting oh my god well I just I love hearing that because that
2: just shows that like you know despite what you have been told you know whether it's by parents or society of like you have to stick to one thing and that's the way you know that's the only way you become successful that that is completely wrong for you and that you know, all of us have our own unique kind of strategy and way of moving through the world that is correct for us. And there's no one right way to be successful or a right way to, you know, get where you want to go. And that you kind of innately knew that like, well, I don't want to do one thing. I want to do all the things and like going for that anyways is really important.
1: Yay!
2: (laughs) (laughs) So the next type um, is projectors. And I would say they're, I mean, I don't know if these percentages are 100% accurate. I don't think there would be an easy way to tell, but probably about 20-ish percent, 17 or 20% of the population. Um, Projectors are a fairly new type because, you know, several hundred years ago, like we really didn't need projectors because all we were trying to do was like survive in the world and like not get eaten by a tiger or like die of a horrible disease. Um, but now right, we're in this area, like kind of, um, cycle of life where we're able to really focus on like Um, What do we want? Like, what do I want as a person? Like what's going to fulfill me rather than just surviving. And so that's where projectors became really important. Um, They're our sort of natural guides. And I like to consider them as sort of like the optimizers that are here to advise us on how to use our energy more efficiently or effectively. Um, And, their aura just allows them to really see into other people with kind of a depth and intensity that, um, you know, is different from how the rest of us operate. So that's why you hear a lot of projectors being like called the guides or the seers. And that's not to say that other types can't guide. It's just, a, it's a different way of experiencing energy. Um, projectors when they're not aligned, they're going to feel really bitter. And bitterness can often come up a lot for projectors when they're focused on um, the past, like other people doing things the wrong way, um, inefficiencies, just like what everyone else is doing wrong in the world or how they've been wronged by other people. And that causes a lot of bitterness. And when they're aligned they're going to experience success. And it's sort of this like, you know, feeling of being deeply deserving of ease and well rewarded by both like energetic success and material success. Um, So that's a really key thing to kind of look out for for projectors. Um, Their aura is really piercing. It's focused. It can really kind of, you know, I like to think of projectors as like crawling right up into the auras of all the other types and like poking around and like seeing how things are working and what's going on. And that's really how they experience energy. And that that's what helps them like, be able to guide us to tweak how we're using our energy in order to be more efficient. So they're kind of like the birds up in the trees who can see that bird's eye view of how everyone else is like moving around on the ground and like, Oh, Hey, you'd, it'd be a lot easier for you if you just went this way or, Oh, you would be a lot faster getting to where you want to go. If you took that route instead. Um, Right. All projectors tend to have this area or this thing that they innately kind of understand or see in a different way. And that's really a big Sort of journey for projectors is to follow what you know lights them up and what they're interested in and what they're kind of like well why isn't anyone else looking at it like this or like why doesn't people why aren't people getting this and doing it like how I would do it that's where I would say to projectors to kind of like dig in and like you know maybe there's something there that you think is obvious, but other people just really don't see um, one thing with projectors is they're what we would consider a non-energy type. So they're not designed to go, go, go all the time. They're not made for kind of the doing and like sustainable action that maybe generators or manifesting generators are here to do. Um, They have more like shorter, like bursts of energy and they need a lot of downtime because they're so, they have a lot of white in their charts Um, usually, and tend to take in a lot of other people's information, other people's energy. And so when they're like guiding someone, it's a very, um, focused and energy intensive kind of work. So that's why you'll hear, you know, looking at lots of traditional human design stuff, saying that projectors are only here to work like, you know, no more than a few hours every day. Um, but working is really specific to like guiding someone else. And so that's not to say that they can't be like learning or doing other things with the rest of their time. It's just that like active guiding time is their like traditional work time.
0: All right. Yeah. One of my, one of my very close friends who lives in Australia, she, she's a projector and she's been actually really struggling with, um, Working like nine to five, yeah. And she always gets home, feels drained, and then she heard about this human design thing, and it kind of opened up, opened up kind of a new perspective for her. And she she was kind of forced to look at how she's been just pushing herself for years, and um, yeah, I guess it's like very interesting how we're so we're so different and I feel like our society tells us to like everyone should be working like a manifesto to like go 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 initiate and like continue till you die
1: (laughs) yeah I I mean definitely like just the box I mean it's the same that we were talking like in a previous episode we were talking about like the education system and how it's a very linear look at you know people instead of celebrating the uniqueness and kind of the unique gifts that we all have. And it's, I mean, yeah, it's just kind of, it's great that people are now waking up to this and, you know, then it's, it's becoming more and more popular so that we can celebrate the uniqueness, the differences and and find those strengths that we all have that are so unique. Like the, it's, yeah, this is very fascinating and, and so welcomed and needed. So thank you. <laughs> it's just a side <laughs> Side, a little comment.
2: Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, there's so much in the world that's just like constant, like hustle, like achieve all the, like all of the do, do, do kind of talk or beliefs. And I mean, you know what? Even for a manifester, a ma- like a manifester isn't supposed to be working all the time either. They actually work best in like short, kind of intense bursts of energy. But they need a lot of downtime as well. And while manifesting generators and generators have more of a sustainable energy to be working, even then like they can burn out what they're not doing, what they love. And like, this is exactly, um, what happened to me doing, you know, kind of going against what was really aligned for me and doing things because I thought I should do them or because I had to, or because that was what was expected actually led me to like a really intense physical, mental burnout. And so I think there's a misconception about like, you know, how maybe manifesting generators and generators are just like the energizer bunnies that are meant to like work, work, work all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's not true either. It's really about being in alignment and, you know, for each of us alignment is going to look different. (laughs)
0: All righty.
2: So kind of finishing up with the projectors here, the biggest block towards their alignment is hustling, trying to keep up and do more. So basically trying to keep up with the generators and manifesting generators, like who is going to be like most people at a nine to five who thrive in that environment Um, that sort of go, go, go. Because again, like I said, they do need so much more downtime and like, you know, time alone to clear their aura of other energies, um, just because their body is not meant to hold that kind of sacral gut energy for that long, that life force energy, um, the other thing is giving unsolicited advice. So projector strategy is to wait to be recognized and invited. And what this really means is that projectors need to save and prepare their energy for those who really recognize their true value and are actually receptive to their input, um, by waiting for an invitation to share their guidance or their expertise. Um, So projectors can tend to think like, well, like, what does this mean? Like, so I can't do anything or they go the opposite direction of like, well, so I just sit like on my butt and watch Netflix all day. (laughs) (laughs) And it feels really disempowering, but, um, and I know like projectors are going to ask this, well, what am I supposed to be doing? And what they're supposed to be doing is like using this downtime as an active time to kind of focus on nourishing themselves so that they have the energy to answer those invitations when they come and also to um, really hone in on what they like what their expertise is and getting really good at that thing so that when someone does invite them you know they actually they can they can really respond to that invitation whether it's right or right or not for them they can decide but um, you know they can become magnetic to invitations and to attract the recognition if they really focus on like recognizing their own value and um, you know even putting themselves in situations where they could be recognized and they could be invited. Like you can't get invitations if you just sit watching Netflix. Like you're no one's going to see you and no one's going to know what you do.
0: Right. Um, interesting yeah <laughs> kind of a uh, there's, I, I can't imagine being in that place though it must be like very you have to have patience
2: yeah definitely well and I think even like generators and manifesting generators also need to cultivate patience they're very used yeah, to sure. like I gotta make it happen and yeah. and there's a big fear with Um, Generators and MGs that you know. If I'm not making it happen, then nothing's going to happen for me.
0: Massive FOMO all the time.
2: Oh yeah. So it's really important, actually, for like all types to kind of look at your life and see, okay, where am I like forcing things? Where am I still doing things that you know aren't actually aligned for me? Aren't like that full body yes? but I'm doing because I feel like I should or because it's, you know, that's what I believe will make me successful or what I've been told will make me successful and really evaluating like, are these actually things I am truly excited about doing? And if they're not, sometimes we need to get comfortable with stepping away from those things and allowing ourselves to sit in that discomfort of not doing so that we can create space in our auras for the right things to come through. Because the universe is not going to send you something if you have no room for it. Mm.
0: Um end.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like to think of our auras as like a swimming pool. So imagine you are in the middle of a swimming pool and the swimming pool is your aura. And every time you say yes to something or commit your energy to something that's really should be a no for you. That's like not fully aligned. It's like a big pile of like dirty leaves just drops into the swimming pool or like an old rusty lawn chair. And over time you fill up your aura or your swimming pool with all of this crap. And there's no room for any of the amazing, beautiful, fun things you want to land in your life when it's filled with all the junk. So okay. you really have to clean out that. your pool, yeah. right? Yeah, That's to a make a metaphor. Hmm. Yeah, you need to have um, room in the pool for the things that you desire. You know, like the fun, like pool floaties and cocktails and whatnot to drop in. <laughs> yes. It's just that it's uncomfortable when there's nothing in the pool for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to reflectors, our last type. So reflectors are super, super rare. They're 1% of the population. Like I personally only know of two. I'm, you know, two that I'm actually have like connected with, um, Obviously, there's more in the world because there's a lot more people, but they're only 1% of the types and um, they're a completely different type of aura. So reflectors have no energy centers colored in, or as you'll hear in human design, defined means like colored in. Yeah. So this, as you can imagine, like makes for a very different type of um, energy field. And so before I kind of get into that, reflectors will feel really kind of disappointed in life when they're not in alignment. And when they are in alignment, they're going to feel surprised and delighted by life's experiences and what's showing up for them. So reflectors are natural chameleons. They're like, the mirrors that are here to reflect the well-being of the community and, or the society, or the world, and whoever, like whatever group they're in, um, and that's why there's so so few of them is because it's really like we need like one reflector per community or per group. Um, they have a very open and sampling kind of aura. So they, they're super sensitive, like highly sensitive um, to the energy around them, especially to like people and environments. And so being in a place that really feels good or being around people that really feel good is extremely important for a reflector because they really have no barrier to energy from the outside world. And so it's this like energetic blank slate um, and they can kind of morph into like really stepping into somebody else's shoes and almost like trying on the costume of like what it is to be somebody else whenever they're in front of someone. Wow. Yeah. It's really, it's like pretty magical, but you know, for a reflector who doesn't understand their energy, this can be so challenging. Because they, they're they constantly kind of like searching for who am I? Like, what's my identity? Mm. And really, the reflectors are not here to know themselves or to cling to these like labels and identities. Their true kind of like gift and wisdom lies in their ability to temporarily become the people or the environments around them. And that's like how they gain that wisdom of like, people and society and like our well-being as a whole. Um, because they'll sense when, you know, they'll sense if there's underlying tension in the room or underlying resentment, or they'll sense if someone's sick, um, if they're, if they stay in situations that are not aligned for them, like where they're, they don't feel good, they'll, they'll end up literally getting like physically ill. Um, and I've seen that like with a couple people is just, you know, their, um, their health will completely deteriorate when they're in an environment that's unhealthy. Wow. Yeah. So for them, um, their biggest blocks towards living in alignment are not trusting the way that things make them feel. So not trusting their kind of innate sensitivity, which will be like, they'll pick up on things that are so subtle that the rest of us just don't notice. Um, The other block would be like staying in places or with people that don't feel good. And then also rushing their decisions before feeling out kind of like all angles because so their strategy is kind of confusing. Like at first glance is to wait a lunar cycle um, now, if you're like told like, well, you have to wait a lunar cycle to make decisions like it's <laughs> probably going to be pretty frustrating, you know, right off the bat. Um, what this really means, though, is that they need to let increasing clarity unfold in stages as the moon completes its full cycle. And how this happens is that you know, as the moon moves through its phases, it activates all the energies in your chart. So all of us can experience this. We all have, you know, access to all the energies, even if we don't have them colored in, it will just be at like certain times of the month. So the moon will stay in a certain energy for like, you know, approximately 12 hours, then move on to the next. So this is actually what gives them a certain kind of, stability in their life. And that if they kind of start tracking, um, on a day-to-day basis of like how they feel and what they're experiencing energy wise, they'll start to have more stability to kind of base decisions on. And they'll really be able to like feel out whatever the opportunity or decision is from all of these different energetic angles. Um, it's also really helpful for them to have a very like trusted group of, of friends that make them feel really good. That can be sort of a sounding board during this time, not to like get advice from or to change their decision, but just to be able to like talk out what they're going through as they're processing.
1: So interesting. I feel like this is such important information. Everyone should yeah. know their type. I feel like when you were talking about that, I definitely like felt that I could recognize a, a good friend of mine. I feel yeah. like she must be that. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Reflectors are, I mean, all types are super unique, super special, but reflectors definitely, I think it's really important. You know, if you suspect a reflector in your life to sort of kind of, bring them into this human design world and help them understand themselves so they don't feel so kind of, you know, just like, I think there's a lot of like, Oh, sensitivity is bad. Or like, you know, I'm just too sensitive or I can't be around people. And they tend to withdraw from life when we really like all need them to show us kind of how well we're doing as, you know, an individual or society as a whole.
1: Okay.
0: So, I mean, I feel like everyone could really benefit from just um, getting to know their type. But for you, um, you mentioned that you combine mindset coaching with human design readings, or am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm planning
2: to add this like mindset element to Um, maybe not necessarily readings. I feel like, you know, readings have a purpose and like that's really going to illustrate like all of these different parts of you, like different gifts, where you might be struggling, um, what your intuition might show up as what your core fears and that kind of gives you like sort of this roadmap. But what often happens is, you know, we learn our strategy, we learn our, what's called our authority, which is how we're each meant to be making decisions and then our mind gets in the way. And so it's like, we know our design, we know what we're supposed to be doing, but we have a hard time trusting it. Or we get met with like shoulds. Like for example, like as a generator, I know I'm meant to be you know, following things that light me up. And maybe as an example, I even like know exactly what lights me up, but I'm too scared to follow it. And that's tends to be like your mind getting in the way and, you know, kind of overriding your body's natural intelligence and what your energy knows to be true with all of that conditioning, like all the shoulds, all that I have tos or, you know, all the all the ways that we second guess ourselves, like questioning our ideas and um, how we overwork to prove ourselves, even though we know like, well, I'm not. I'm innately worthy. Like I know that, but I'm not actually like acting like that. Yeah. Um, so by going and kind of bringing that mindset work, you can start to reprogram like not only how your mind thinks, but also have such greater awareness so that when you do say, find something that lights you up and your mind starts well, you can't do that or well, you're not going to make any money you can stop it in its tracks and by being able to stop it in its tracks and take steps towards, you know, what you do truly want and what is like energetically aligned for you, you can start to build evidence that your body knows better than your mind. Because a really important thing to note for everybody is that none of the human design types are, so none of us period are meant to be making decisions with our mind. That's how we're taught
1: to live. Oh, mm-hmm. that makes so much sense. It's, the body knows. Hmm. Uh, what about like the the lines? Like the the we kind of like touched upon this like before recording. Like the when Julia mentioned that she's a what were you a peripatetic hermit, and I'm a um role happen? model um Hermit, like what 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 are the what what's that part of the kind of the chart or the graph or whatever and then and the, the lines kind of what <laughs> yeah are they?
2: Okay, cool well, I love profile um I think sometimes it gets like skipped over but it's super important because it really does give you this a clear picture of how you operate and you know how you perceive yourself and how other people perceive you and so when it comes to profile, you're going to see two numbers. So um, like I said, like I'm a 2-4 and we've got here like a 6-2 and, you know, there's 12 different combinations, but essentially we have lines one through six. And each of those lines or numbers is this sort of archetypal energy. And depending on... Its configuration in your chart. So, you know, a um, two four is going to be different than a six two. It will relate to, like, the first number will always relate to how you see yourself or how you process things internally. And that second number will be maybe a slightly more unconscious part of you and is generally how other people see you and how you sort of externalize things. So, um, I'm happy to go through the numbers and like kind of just give a baseline of what they each mean if you want to go there.
1: Well, I mean, we don't have to like go through them all, but just like as an example, like what, for instance, like what is, what's like a six, two or a four, two, like what, what, what do, (laughs) what do the numbers mean? Like
2: what are they the chakras? (laughs) No. no um, so these actually relate to um, the hexagram of the I Ching, which is like, we don't need to get into what all of that, um, but it's essentially coming from the I Ching. And okay. so each, if you look on your chart, you'll see like, you've got the larger shapes and all of those are your energy centers. But then within each of those little shapes, there's like all of these lines coming out of them and all of these numbers within, within those lines. So those numbers will go like one through 64 and those are called the gates. So those are like a specific type of energy. So you could have an energy of, um, you know, starting things with intention. That's an example. Um, But all of these profile lines, so one through six, um, will actually give another layer to each of those energies. And it's sort of like how that energy might be expressed. Um, so when you see the profile in your human design chart and you get this number like two, four or six, two, let's say we'll go six, two as an example. Um, the number six represents that role model energy, and so it's this archetype of the role model. And personally, I think role model is a pretty accurate name for this energy. Um, however, some of the other ones, like opportunist, I know where that's coming from in the traditional human design, but I would like most people are kind of like, oh, like opportunist. That sounds icky. So I like renamed them. I would rename that one like the natural or I've heard it like the wise man, like something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the six, let's go through like the six 2 profile just as an example for people. So they kind of, you know, know what a profile could tell them. So the six 2 profile, that six part of you will be sort of like how you process internally, how you see yourself and the six kind of, experiences life in three stages. So for the first about 30 years of a sixes life, you are going to learn through trial and error. There's a lot of sort of like, um, hands-on learning, experimenting, um, kind of adventure and really sort of like bumping into life, kind of getting thrown around by life a little bit because you have to learn by like trying and failing and trying again and doing different things and experimenting. Um, This is where like, there's a lot of innovation can come out of this. However, the six then starts to move into its second life stage from about age 30-ish to around like 50, um, 55 maybe. And that's when the six starts to go inward a little bit more. I find like a lot of sixes, especially six twos tend to get a lot more introverted when they kind of reach age 30 and they're starting to go inward to really kind of reconcile all the things that they learned in the first 30 years of their life with this like innate kind of heart wisdom that they were born with and brought into the world, but kind of haven't really learned to understand or embrace yet. And this kind of second phase, they're really sort of, you know, finding more of like that inward journey and doing sort of like soul work and Really getting to know like who they are outside of all of life's crazy experiences. Um, And then they start to transition into, you know, their last life stage. And that's where they can kind of find the balance between being out in the world and learning from like trial and error versus the inner wisdom that they've always had. And this is really where they kind of like step into their own and become that like wise role model that people really like seek out. Not to say that like, you know, you're not going to have success or, you know, be in an influential role earlier in life. But this is just really where you kind of like settle into your own wisdom, into your own experience. And people are really drawn to you um, so much more for that. And so the six is somebody who really alchemizes life's experience into wisdom that they can share as sort of being this, like, you know, the person they wished existed when they were a kid. Um, they really sixes are all about like intimacy and relationships and they really desire that like soulmate kind of partner. Um, And they need a lot of time for self-reflection to really integrate, you know, that wisdom into their body. Now, if you're a 6'2", that's probably going to feel quite like, um, close to you. Like you're going to like identify with that sort of experience. But, um, the two side of you is what's traditionally called the hermit, Um, I call this like the natural. Um, The twos have sort of this like love-hate relationship with being around people and being out in the world. And I mean, I do think like hermit is a pretty accurate um description of a two um because like i have a two in my chart and i am like very hermity um but they have this sort of like inherent knowledge or natural talent that they're just born with but they really have a hard time seeing what that is and recognizing it in themselves so if you're a six two other people are really going to see this like innate natural talent you have and want to like call you out for it. They're going to want to like invite you to like come to things and like teach them or share that wisdom or whatever it is that, you know, um, even if you're kind of like, Oh, but I just want to be left alone to like do my own thing. And, like, out. <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: yeah. I, I sense it that, that hits home for you. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I yeah. feel like we, we need to have you on for like a deeper dive yeah. into this because we could like just listen to you forever.
1: Around <laughs> so oh, like, two. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's that's a 6-2 like in a nutshell, I would say. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is such a complex system and I feel like the types are a good way to to start. Right, for everyone to just like look up their type, but then there's so much more to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, like, you know, if you're just coming to human design, even if you've like heard about human design for a while, honestly, the most important thing to learn and to really experiment with and practice in your life is like, A, like knowing your type, so your energy type, which like we could have talked for an hour on each type alone. Um, and then really understanding your type strategy and then your unique decision-making authority, because, you know, if you knew nothing else about your human design chart and all you did was practice your strategy and authority, that would be life, life transforming in itself. You don't even need any of the other things in order to like have a big change or a big shift in your life.
0: Okay. Okay. So if we start to wrap this package up, how can our listeners find you and what kind of projects or offerings do you have online and on the horizon? Mm -hmm.
2: Um, So people can find me on Instagram. That's like really the only place I'm hanging out right now. I told myself I'm not going to build a website because my old tendency was I have to have a website in order to have a business. And that would have held me back from starting this business as like, yeah. you know, perfectionist. So <laughs> 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 my own challenge to myself, um, I'll get a, a website eventually, but for now I'm on um, Instagram and my handle is at soul um, And so that's where people can come, like, hang out with me, DM me, ask me questions. Um, I've got a lot of different posts about different types and all sorts of different topics. Um, And then that's where they can find out more about how I work. Um, I currently offer one-on-one 90-minute human design readings where we go through you know, so many aspects of the chart from the strategy and authority and profile of your type into all like gates and channels and all sorts of like nitty gritty things as well as like energy centers and how that affects how you live. Um, Soon, I will be offering one-on-one coaching um, where we blend human design with mindset and sort of like, um, neuro linguistic programming to really help, like specifically female entrepreneurs either start, grow, or pivot their business from a place of alignment and of using their energy how it's designed to be used, so that they can show up, you know, as the most confident, magnetic, aligned kind of version of themselves, and really step into a leadership role with more flow and ease and fulfillment and leave that kind of resistance and struggle behind.
0: That sounds absolutely amazing. And we'll put, uh, your Instagram link in the show notes so that people can easily, easily find you. Sounds good. I would also mention too, that
2: I, I forgot to say this earlier, but I have a freebie that people can get through the link in my Instagram bio that basically breaks down the different areas of the, of the chart. So kind of like we were talking about what it means to have color or to have whiteness in your chart. um, it's like a really pretty little graphic that will explain energy centers and what you're actually looking at. So it's not so overwhelming when you first get your chart.
1: Oh mm-hmm. amazing. We'll check check that out as well. Yeah. So we've only got one last question to go. This is the question we ask all of our guests, and it's the name of our podcast. Um, so what does self-worth mean to you?
2: Ooh, that's a such a great question. Um <laughs> I love that. To me, I think self-worth is really about being at ease with, you know, the core of who you are and not doing anything, um, out of, or even like, you know, thinking out of a need to prove yourself or to be liked or to make other people happy and really being kind of, you know, having that innate knowing that like who I am is perfect and who I am is enough. And that I can just like be, and I don't need to like do anything extra in order to like prove that I'm valuable essentially,
0: yeah, I love that, and it's I mean it's the also such a broad question <laughs> uh, and you could I, I mean you can spend hours just talking about that, so thank you for that, and thank you for for taking your time to share your wisdom. I'm like, Oh, I I love this so much. And I, yeah, as I, as I mentioned, I could just spend hours hours hours, listening and go deeper into this, but maybe I have to book a like one-on-one session with you. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Oh yeah. That'd be so fun. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Like, you know, I could,
1: I could nerd out for ages. So (laughs) You no, know, you're so knowledgeable and, and wise and you it's so just inspirational to listen to you. You've got I mean, you've found your your path and you can tell and it just really shows. So we're very grateful and honored that you've been in our show.
2: Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. And yeah, it's my pleasure to be here and chat with you. So
1: thank you. All right. Well, thank you to our audience as well for having tuned back in and make sure to write us a review and go
0: check out Bria on Instagram. Yay! And uh, see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.